Lord, let it go forth and accomplish that which you sent it forth to do. There's got to be a hunger for more of you. Lord, we thank you for it now. We thank you for hearing these prayers. I thank you, Lord, that your word be as light shining forth that dispels the darkness. A hammer that, that shatters strongholds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so just a few quick things. I'm, this is a very short devotional, so give me your best ear. But I'm telling you, the word of the Lord for the next two months is a desperate hunger for more of him. There's got to be a hunger. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. You can't have a hunger out of your own self. It's got to be something that God puts in you. So what you need to do is start asking the Lord, Lord, I put a hunger in me for more of you. Okay? It's not something that's just going to show up one day on your doorstep. Okay? So begin to ask the Lord to stir up a hunger, to put a desperate hunger in you. I believe that as we go through this series and cover a lot of things, I believe there's going to be more of a hunger in you to see more than you've seen. All right, so let me read you this story. Really, this series is about impartation, okay? Let me take note of the time here because I'm trying to keep my eye on it. All right. Listen to this story. In 2003, this is a man telling the story. I'm just reading it to you. In 2003, he said, I received an invitation to attend some revival meetings in Brazil. I confess that when I arrived at the church, I was annoyed. I found it very strange. People were worshiping God in a frantic way, shaking and swaying. Some were lying on the floor, rolling from side to side. I saw all of that and thought to myself, do they really need all that to talk to God or to feel his presence? You see, I was a pastor of a charismatic Baptist church, and we believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit in tongues. But still, the things I saw in the meetings were too much for my understanding. Suddenly, as I was judging all that I saw, my legs started to shake without anyone touching me. I didn't understand anything about this kind of revival, and I wanted my leg to stop shaking. But I could not stop it. I had some people from my church along um, whom I brought to the meetings, and I thought, what are my people going to think if they see my leg shaking like this? So in an attempt to stop my leg from shaking, I held it with my hand very tightly. <laughs> but instead of stopping my leg, it got worse, because then my hand started to shake. I looked over my shoulder to see if people were seeing this, and then my arm and shoulder started to shake. Before I could understand what was going on, I felt myself on the ground with my whole body shaking, impacted by a wonderful presence of God. I stayed on the floor for hours, having a visitation from God. After the meeting was over, I managed to get up with some help, and I got to my car but could not drive home because my legs were still shaking so badly. So I asked a member of my church to drive my car and take me home. I heard that there, was some, there would be some training at the church the next morning. So I went back for it. At that point, I didn't care anymore about what people thought. I knew it was God, and I wanted more of Him. That's where we need to be. I know it's God, and I just want more of Him. Let me finish this story. So when I got done with the training, I remember thinking, why do they teach about healing? There's nothing to teach. God heals whoever He wants to heal. Um, we just pray, and it'll be done. You know, it's His will. So there's nothing for me to learn here. I could, I could not have been more wrong. I learned more about healing in that conference he saw about Randy Clark. He said he taught on impartation. So afterward, he began to pray for the presence of God to touch people. I remember him saying all the people that are shaking, feeling electricity, heat, or energy as some manifestation of God's presence, please come forward and stretch your hands toward me with palms up like you're going to receive a gift because the Father is going to give you this gift. Many people went front, including me. I was shaking intensely. Randy came up to me and asked me if I had uh, rubbed some kind of oil on my hands before I came up. I told him I didn't. 
But once he mentioned it, I could see that the palms of my hand were covered with large amounts of oil. So much that it was dripping on the floor. I told him I hadn't put anything on my hands. That, that was such a strange thing. I've never had me before. Randy looked at me and said, the miracle anointing is upon you, Pastor. When he said that, he blew on me, breathed on me, and the anointing fell on me so hard that I flew backward about 10 feet. I knocked a bunch of people to the ground. you got to be careful when you're in the line of fire, right? <laughs> I got prayer, and, and uh, Brother Anthony was trying to catch me. <laughs> it went okay. This is, let me interrupt right there. God had powerfully, powerfully touched me one time. Let me mark where I'm at. All right, I'm good. God powerfully touched me one time. This guy at this meeting had called me out about a mantle. And uh, he pointed at me and said, son, come here. And I, and I was, um, you know how you do. You know, I really did do this. I was like looking behind me and make sure he's pointing at me. So anyway, he had me come down. He said, I feel led to pray for you seven times to pass this mantle or whatever. And he prayed for me. He hit me with his Bible. Of course, I didn't feel the Bible. I just remembered that. And I went out, and the people told me later, because I was pretty much oblivious. The people that came with me told me that um, that the people that tried to catch me all went out. So we were all on the ground, and he wanted to pray for me seven times. So other people had to run up and pick me up. And I remember that I did not have the strength to stand. I wasn't trying to do that. I was actually trying to stand. I went out again. That happened to me seven times, and they told me by the end of it, because every time the people that caught me were gone, that they had to, there was a, there was a pile of people, and um, it was a very powerful impartation. It was, it was really the, the, the beginning of a, of a mantling, and um, the man that prayed for me, his name is Floyd Lahan. He's, he's got a ministry that um, is very anointed. But anyway, it was funny because they said that nobody could, you know, catch me, and they picked me back up. We were all out, and I was out under the glory for at least an hour, but I remember just feeling pinned to the floor. It was a wonderful experience. It's not something that's fearful, but yeah, I couldn't move. I mean, I was just out. Whatever whatever position my body was in, if I was like this or something, I don't remember, just I was gone, and I was out for like an hour, and I got up and I knew something very significant had happened in my life. And after that time, God had powerfully touched me in other meetings, you know, and, and there was an anointing. But after that time, things really started to pick up in the anointing. But it's a, And I went there desperate and hungry for more of God. I was so desperate. And I just sat out there. But God responds to the hunger. He responds to the humility and the hunger. Okay? All right, so let me finish this story. So he uh, got, you know, blew on. He flew 10 feet. Here's where we pick up. Again that night, I could not drive my car. So a friend drove me home. And I got there. All I could do for the next three days was cry. I cried for three days and three nights straight. Then it came time when I had no more tears, but I could not stop crying because God's presence was all over me. During these three days and nights, I ate nothing. My wife tried to convince me to eat some food, but I couldn't eat or drink at all. I could only cry. She asked me why I was crying so much, and I told her it was because of God's presence. And I realized later during that time, God was healing me of a wound that I had deep down in my soul. Isn't that interesting? The first miracle the Lord did in my life was in my heart. He was getting me ready for something big. I had no idea how big it would be. After the third day of crying, I got up very hungry in the afternoon and went to a bakery near my house. And on the way there, I got a word of knowledge for healing. I knew it was a word of knowledge because I learned about it during the training that Randy, you know, Randy Clark had given them. And when I arrived at the bakery, I stayed uh, connected with the Holy Spirit to find out who I was supposed to give this word of knowledge for. When I went to the cashier to pay for my pastries, I felt the Lord, uh, the word of the Lord was for the lady standing in line. I walked up to her and asked her if by chance she'd have pain in her right shoulder. She looked at me wide-eyed and asked, how'd you know that? That would creep anybody out, right? 
So he said, well, I'm a Christian, and Jesus tells me things, and, and he told me this because he wants to heal you. She then told me that she was in terrible pain in her right shoulder, and she cannot lift it due to all the pain. Now, I want you to focus on this, the power of impartation. Okay, This man had not had this going on in his life prior to this. Are you hearing me? So he goes to these meetings. His leg starts shaking. So that was hilarious. He tries to stop it. All of him shakes. He gets this impartation. After that, three days, God was touching him. Now he's walking in an anointing he had not had previously. This is what I'm trying to get across to you, the power of impartation. He was not walking in this before. This was something new in his life. And he decided, I need to use this new anointing. I need to function in this. That's, I believe, what Reverend Anthony was trying to tell you guys last week. If you, if you don't use it, you tend to not necessarily lose it, but it tends to go dormant. We've got to use it. Let's step out and use it. So anyway, um, she cannot lift her arm at all due to the pain. So I told her, when God gives a word of knowledge, he wants to heal. And I asked her if I could pray for her. She said, sure. So I placed my hands on her shoulder. Startled, the lady said, oh, do you mean now? In the bakery. And... Um, do I have to come to church or something? He said, no. He said, I'll pray right now. But his, he said, God can heal you right here in the bakery. You don't have to go to church. Amen. You don't. You can get healed right there. And I'll pray for you with my voice. He told her, he said, I'll pray for you with my voice really low and my eyes open. So it's just going to look like we're talking. Okay. And she said, all right, that's fine. So he placed his hand on her shoulder and prayed for her under his breast saying, Holy Spirit, come in the name of Jesus. Shoulder be healed. I finished this short prayer, which I had learned from Randy's teaching, and asked her if she felt any better. She tried to move her arm, and to her surprise and my surprise, <laughs> he said she was totally healed. She can now lift her arm and touch her hair, she, something she could not have done before. She marveled and glorified God for her healing. And I instructed her to look for a church near her home to attend. I told her to tell everybody what God had done for her. She said she wouldn't thank me crying from that day, from that day onward. The Lord continued to use me in several places wherever I went. He gave me words of knowledge, and I would pray for people, and they would get healed. It happened at the butchers. It happened at the supermarket and other places. On the next Sunday, after my visitation and impartation, I started to preach as I always did. So he's at his church now. He's got this impartation. Now, I want you to get this because I'm talking about impartation. You've got to understand this was not going on in his church prior to this. Okay? He said, I started to preach as I always did, but there was something different now. There was something different about me. I started to preach. He said, God's, present was, God's presence was evident on my life. At a certain time during the worship, I quickly shared my recent experience and invited people to come forward to receive prayer for healing. I had about 500 people in the church, and most of them came to the front. And I came down from the pulpit to minister to people and um, laid hands on them. Sorry, just a moment. When I raised my hands to pray for them, they began to fall under the power of God, filled with the Holy Spirit. Some were shaking, some were laughing, some were being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Even though I didn't even get to pray for them directly, <coughs> a large number of people who were sick were healed instantly. One woman had an illness in her stomach, a terrible infection that doctors could not heal. She spent a week sick at home and 15 days in the hospital. That's a long time. And, but it amounted to nothing. She came forward for prayer that morning, and the anointing was so strong, she fell on the floor, and people saw a three-inch maggot crawl out of her nose. She was instantly completely healed. <coughs> she was not a Christian. <clears throat> Let me tell you why the maggot came from. Hear this, because some of you, if you're going to be used in a powerful way, you're going to see creepy stuff, so you need to learn from this. She was not a Christian. She was involved with witch doctors. That's why the maggot. But that morning, she got her healing and gave her life to the Lord. Soon after that, I began to receive invitations to preach in several regions of Brazil, 
I went to other places. The Lord led me in all the meetings. God healed large numbers of people. In July 2011, I was in a large meeting with Randy Clark. And again, in Brazil, Randy's spiritual son, Ed Roca, prayed for me. I fell to the ground. I felt um, wonderful crutches under in my belly. I'm sorry, crunches in my belly. Ed got down on his knees beside me and took up uh, took off his watch and placed on wrist, saying, Now's a new season being opened up by the Lord for the ministry. A new time arrived. It has begun already. You will be invited to minister all over South America. And a new level of anointing will increase. At that point, I had not yet left Brazil to minister. Sure enough, not long after that night, I got invitations to preach. Uh, Paraguay, Argentina. And I'd been there. Um, it has been a year since it gave me that word. And since then, I've been all over the countries of South America to preach. And the power of God to heal was present. I have ministered to literally thousands of people who have been touched by the healing power of Jesus. I've prayed and seen over 80 blind people recover their vision. Wow. 70 deaf people receive healing. 30 dumb, they couldn't speak, they spoke. And over 60 were lame that walked. And many other signs manifested during the meetings. Gold teeth, pins, screws, metal rods, and people's bodies have turned into bone or disappeared. Many people have recovered the ability to move a limb they could not have moved before due to metal. And you can watch hundreds of such video testimonies on YouTube under this name. Anyway, he talks more about it. But isn't that awesome? None of that was going on in his life prior to impartation. I want you to get that. Once he received that impartation, it happened to be Randy Clark. It could have been somebody else. But once that impartation came, things started happening. The anointing increased radically. I know for Randy, he said that... Um, he was in these meetings, and it was back in the early days where Vineyard was being powerfully used, John Wimber, all of that, and he received impartation. And God had powerfully, powerfully touched him, and he was seeing some things happening in his meetings. But at that time, Rodney Howard Brown's ministry came over from Africa. So this was the late 80s, early 90s, early on in that uh, revival. And he went to Rodney's meetings. God powerfully touched him there. So he, he talks about this impartation he had received in Vineyard, and he started seeing all these gifts of the Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then when Rodney prayed for him, this revival anointing really came. And because of the impartation that Randy had received, he said his, his ministry started seeing a major move of God there. And then he went to Toronto, and revival in Toronto broke out. Do you see what I'm talking about with impartation? It's important to be hungry and open for more of the Lord and not sit back. I, I grieve sometimes seeing people sit back when they could go forward and get an impartation that literally could change their whole life and their destiny. But they'll sit back and just watch. We've got to press in and be hungry. All right, so a couple of scriptures, and I'm going to close this out. 2 Timothy 1.6, For this reason I remind you to fan in the flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. What that actually means, it is to stoke the fire that's within you. You guys ever made a fire? Okay, It starts dying down. And you've got the red embers down in there. And you get some kind of a stick, metal rod, and you begin to stir it up and put more wood. And as you stoke that fire, maybe breathe on it, the flame begins to come back. That's what Paul was saying here. He was saying that you need to stoke that fire that's within you, that it will burst back into flame. What is in you through the laying on of hands? But it came through the laying on of hands, too. I need to emphasize that. So, Timothy... It came through impartation into his life. And then Romans 1.11, Paul said, I long to see you. He's speaking to the church in Rome that he had planted. 
And he was speaking to them and said, I long to see you that I might impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. And that literally means to take you to a place of strength. So the impartation comes, and then the Lord takes you to a place of strength. Impartation comes, then there's boldness. Impartation comes, and there's an increase of faith. Impartation comes, and then you're starting to see more healings or more deliverances or more whatever it is. I remember there was a man uh, by the name of Tillery, and he had a powerful deliverance ministry. I don't want to get too much into this because it would take too long. But God had visited him in his old age very powerfully, a sovereign visitation, and called him to a deliverance ministry. Now, I had had a heart for the deliverance ministry, okay? And God was teaching me a lot of information at that time in my life. And I bumped into this guy, and he, and he was very anointed. And he had already been to a lot of moves of God and got the impartation there, and he was already anointed. But after that visitation from the Lord, he was very anointed when it came to deliverance. And he laid hands on me for an impartation. After that, I started seeing an increase of deliverances okay, on a whole new level. All right, so a couple things before I close. There's destiny connected with impartation that you receive. God will give you like your own coat of many colors. What that means is God is going to tailor make the mantle that he has for you And what a coat of many colors is, it's a mantle on you of many different anointings. Okay, that's the coat of many colors. It's a mantle of many anointings that has come from all these different altar times and people laying hands on you. So God is tailor-making a mantle for you that fits your destiny. If you're called to be a missionary, if you're called to work with kids, if you're called into worship, you're called into different, whatever it is, God is tailor-making a mantle um, of different types of anointings and putting it together that will fit your calling and it will fit the giftings that you're called to operate in. See, the gifts can be in you, but they are they explode in power when there's an anointing on those gifts. So God may put gifts in you, but it's when the anointing comes on top of those gifts Now they begin to function. The gifts come forth in power. Okay? Hebrews chapter 6, 1 through 3 shows us that the laying on of hands is a part of basic Christianity. Did you realize that? In the book of Hebrews, it was part of like the basics. Also, the anointing that you receive is an impartation that has to be stewarded. I know if you knew that. You once you get some kind of an anointing from the Lord, you've got to steward that anointing. You've got to protect that anointing. You've got to um, begin to to use it, but also protect what God has invested in you. Don't allow it to get defiled with sin. Protect it, but also begin to use it. And another thing is, churches corporately, we have a responsibility to steward the anointing that God has put on a corporate body. That's why it's so important to not let revival die down. Everything God does is always building. God never starts on a high note and then it's all downhill. It doesn't work like that with God. He always starts small and it builds up to a climax. So whenever revival comes, it's never God's intention that that anointing and that fire and that movement die completely down. It just may change the way it looks over time and it may kind of morph into different things, but it should still be going. 
So don't let the fire die down in your life. Stir it up. Keep going after God. Let there be a desperate hunger for more of God that's in you. And that's, that's also what you'll see in some of this I'm going to show. But I remember before revival broke out in Brownsville, John Kilpatrick said there was such a desperate hunger in him. He would go to the early hours of the morning to the church and he was yelling. He was crying out for more of God. There's got to be more. And he was desperate. And of course, God showed up in his life in a powerful way. So here's the last thing. The greatest prerequisite to receive a mighty impartation is to be desperate and hungry for more of God. That's the main thing I want to emphasize today. I'm going to do this mini-series, cover other points. We've got to be desperate and hungry for more of God. Don't settle where you're at. Steve Hill used to always joke and say in the Brownsville Revival, he'd say, is your shadow healing the sick right now? Most people would say no, maybe one person. And he would say, well, then there's more, isn't there? There's more. There's more of the anointing. There's more of God's presence. There's a level that we can keep. In other words, the point he was trying to make is there's always more of the Lord. Even when you get an impartation from the Lord, there's always more. So don't ever get to a place that you feel like, well, I have arrived. You know how many Pentecostal people? I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've, I've got it. I'm good. I'm, I've arrived. And, man, they don't got enough power. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? All the power they got at one time was to blow up. It wouldn't be enough to blow their nose good, you know. And then, and then they're going to act like, well, you know, I've arrived. Listen, there's always more of the Lord to see greater things than where we're at. So don't ever get to a place where you're satisfied and you feel like that, hey, you know, I don't need anymore. The fire should never die down. There should always be a hunger and a passion the rest of your life for more of the Lord. So anyway, I want to go ahead and uh, let me pray and then we'll shut down the recordings. But Lord, I thank you. Let there be a desperate hunger, an impartation of hunger first in people, even those that are listening to this, watching this, those that are live streaming, those that are going to hear this. I pray that you'll put a desperate hunger in them, that they are desperate to see that if Jesus can save, then let's see him saved to the uttermost. If Jesus can heal, let's see creative miracles. Let's see the dead raised. If Jesus can deliver, and we know that he can, let's see demons come out of people. If Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost, then let's see people baptized in the Holy Ghost. You know, let's see the supernatural. Let's see Book of Acts Christianity. Lord, put that in us that we're not going to be satisfied with cultural Christianity. We want Book of Acts Christianity. We want to see the power of God. We want to see God moving among men and, and doing phenomenal things. Put that hunger in us and let that hunger spread through us to many others. We thank you, Lord, for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.